and welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is where Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, and we take a look at the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And Dan, recently uh, we have been going through kind of the gamut of things. We started out with some political topics to start the year because obviously the election and the inauguration and some of the events going on in Washington, D.C. were hot topics to discuss. And then we've kind of moved into some more theological ideas, such as uh, church business and preaching and the subtleness of Satan's deception. And now today we're going to talk about something that really hits close to home for probably a lot of people, most everybody that has gotten married and has kids, and that is, what is it like to be able to raise children who love Jesus and how they can go about doing that. And I know a lot of people might think, oh, it's easy. You take them to church and, you know, maybe you have some devotions with them and, and then, you know, you do it right and then they grow up and all is good. But how many times do we really see and, and, you know, I know you being a pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska with kids, you know, you've got the, the preacher's kids, the PKs. And oftentimes you see, you know, some preacher kids even, go off and kind of become rebellious and kind of make a name for themselves. Uh, I mean, I think like Jessica Simpson, for example, I believe her father was a pastor at one time and, you know, not that she's really done anything bad, but, you know, she's kind of gone away from the, from the faith, so to speak, got into, um, you know, the secular world with her music and everything. And again, not pointing her out to criticize, but, you know, just sometimes there's a rebellion there against uh, the faith and against the uh, religion that your father might have pastored in. And I know there's several other examples where, um, you know, a father was a preacher and the kids have kind of turned their backs on, on the faith, so to speak, or, or even just people that have raised up their, or tried to raise up their kids in a, in a Christian environment. And yet there's still struggles. I mean, I know pastors with kids who have issues like health issues and, and things like that. And, you know, we're often, we've often discussed too, Dan, that, you know, when when you're going through things, you know, the world will try to, I mean, we just recently talked about preachers and the profiting that they have and how they have million-dollar homes and how some people even preach about prosperity and how it's all about the riches and how it's all about the good life. But, you know, sometimes it's it's the rough life. You know, we, we look in the Bible and there's many examples of, of people that have struggled for their faith and martyred for their faith and, you know, pastors with kids with health issues and things that aren't as rosy as the million dollar homes that we see with some of these pastors. So it's really, it's really a tough thing to a be a parent, I guess to start out in this world, it's a tough thing to be married. Um, you know, marriage ends in divorce more than 50% of the time nowadays. And then, uh, to raise kids on top of it, especially in the world that we've been talking about is, uh, is pretty, you know, disheartening and can be frustrating for, you know, young parents. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at some, some, some ideas and some ways that we can, you know, raise children who love Jesus as we move into this, you know, cancel culture, uh, transgender ideology world, things that are really taking an assault on the kids of the world today. Yeah, I tell you, son, it is a topic that certainly is near and dear to the hearts of many. Christian parents. You know, my wife and I uh, have been married now for 30 years, and uh, we've been blessed with two sons and two daughters. They're all in their 20s. And uh, and we learned, you know, um, really just uh, by just, you know, diving into it, um, that there are some things that you can do that can, that can greatly help your child to, um, to trust the Lord, to know Christ as Savior, uh, to follow the Lord, 
uh, and, and, and to do so in a way that, that isn't forced upon them, um, that, that isn't manufactured. I mean, you know, we're dealing with hearts here. Uh, this is a delicate issue. Um, and, and so there's a matter of, of mentoring. There's a matter of instructing. But really, there's also mainly, I guess, a matter of modeling Christianity. Uh, because without that, uh, you know, uh, kids aren't going to get the sense that this is, is, is an authentic experience with God. Um, and so, um, you know, all of us as parents are going to fall far short of, of perfection. Um, but yeah, I wrote that article, you know, five tips to raise children who love Jesus, just to, just to share some things that, that seem to work well for us, for Tammy and I, um, with our four kids. And, um, you know, we, we have seen the Lord, uh, work in their lives. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think any one of them has ever felt, um, you know, the uh, pressure of, of being a, you know, a PK, a pastor's kid. Uh, I mean, I guess we've been blessed to be, you know, in churches where, um, you know, they haven't been made to, to, to feel uh, undue pressure by anyone for the most part. But but we've also been careful to, um, in our instructions and so forth, son, to, to give them room to breathe. Uh, I mean, that, that's actually one of the, you know, one of the tips that, you know, I, I wrote about in the article is that, um Yes, you articulate boundaries. I mean, you're doing that from a very, very young age, aren't we, as parents? Um, but, but as you articulate those boundaries, um, you, we, we, we want to do so in a way that is um, gospel, gospel-led, spirit-filled, um, that is uh, joyful, that just like with God, I mean, you know, I guess some people would look at the Ten Commandments and see those as a burden. Uh, I, I'm talking about Christians now. Um, there'd be other Christians who look at the Ten Commandments and say, "Wow, God must really love me that you know He 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 wants me to know what's what's best for me and what offends Him and what how He wants me to live." And, and you know, we often hear, don't we, son, that children they want boundaries. Um, you know, even if they act like they don't, you know, we've all been kids. You know, all of us adults have been kids. But even when when children may seem like they don't, they 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 want parents and, and ultimately I believe they want God to love them enough to establish boundaries. So yeah, there's a lot of things I'm sure we'll get into today with, uh, you know, some of these different ways. Uh, and, and I'm sure there are many that we didn't, that we didn't try that other parents have found to be effective. So these are just some things that, you know, Tammy and I have found to be effective son and, and, uh, um, and, and they seem to have really made a big difference, you know, in the lives of our, of our two sons and two daughters. And, and that's all, you know, the grace of God. It's nothing we've done. I mean, we've just been instruments uh, in this process. I mean, I was blessed to, you know, uh, have wonderful Christian parents. I was raised in a Christian home, uh, loving Christian home. Um, and then I've been blessed to be able to pass that on, you know, to our kids. So uh, as I, as, as I know you have obviously as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a joyful thing, you know, to be a parent. Sure. There, you know, there are times it's not, uh, not, not pleasant when, um, things aren't, aren't going smoothly, but, um, overall for sure, a very joyful experience, nothing like it, you know, um, nothing like it in all the world. And, and it really, it teaches you, I think a lot about how much God loves us. I mean, when you experience your love for your child, and then you think about what God did to send his only son to suffer and die on the cross for our sins, his only son. I mean, we have two sons and two daughters, but the father sent his only son. 
you know, to, to suffer and die. So you, 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 you learn about the depth of God's love in a way that you can't quite relate to until you're a parent. And, and, and we see that sometimes with, with young, you know, young adults or adults of any age, or maybe they had their first child. And, and there's like a depth of understanding, a depth of love that they start to tap into as a parent that they just could not have quite understood uh, from, that, from, that, uh, from that direction before. And then when you start to compare that and then think about God's love for us, his children, uh, it can open up a whole new world of, of understanding. So, yeah, this is a, a wonderful, wonderful topic. And I'm so, so thankful, Son, that you're, you're diving into this. And, and we'll just see, uh, yeah, if we can maybe offer some, some helpful tips to, to some folks today. Before we dive into the meat of it, one of the things that we hear from especially younger parents, you know, with young kids that are just starting out, is they get overwhelmed and they feel like they failed. I know a lot of parents uh, that I've talked to over the years, you know, at some point in time, you feel like a, a failure, I guess, you know, because you're mm-hmm. something sure. happens and it didn't work out right or you did all the right, right things, but still something yeah. didn't turn out. Um, what, what, what would be something, because I'm sure you've come across this too with people, mm-hmm. what's, what's something sure. that you could tell people when they feel like they failed as a parent, especially when they are, following, you know, kind of the Christian yeah. biblical principles of what parenting should right. be about, you know, um, right. how do you handle that? How, how, what would you say well, to somebody? I'll tell you, son, I, I think what we want to do is we want to just remind folks that, that their children like themselves, that their, their children have free will. And, you know, if we think about our Lord's example, okay, now, you know, his disciples weren't his, his, you know, uh, biological children in that sense. Uh, but um, when we think about the Lord's disciples, um, you know, there was Judas. Judas had free will. Now, was the Lord in any way culpable uh, for Judas's behavior? Well, of course not. Um, and, and and while, um, you know, parents who have children who maybe, um, you know, go astray, uh, while while you you would probably not think of your child, nor should you, you know, as like a Judas, I, I think the point could be applied just to to realize that if the if the perfect Son of God, if one of the twelve in his group um, could 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 go astray by his own uh, by his own decisions and his own bad bad decisions, and 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 let his heart become corrupt with you know, a love for money rather than a love for the Lord. Well, if, if that can happen to the King of Glory, then um, it could happen to any parent, even who has lived a, a noble life and has done a great job as a parent, has done everything God's called him or her to do. Um, we don't understand why, you know, some children um, maybe end up as prodigals or some children want nothing to do with the Lord. Sometimes there are clues. Um, but, but many times it seems to be a series of decisions that have been made. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that the parents did something wrong. Um, you know, um, I, I guess this is why son, I really like to, uh, to try to, you know, educate young adults, you know, so that right when they start out with their kids, they can make every effort to do everything they can to give their child or their children um, the best opportunities to know the Lord and love the Lord um, and, and to help shape their heart. 
And, you know, one of the ways that I, I was blessed to do that with our kids is to pray what's known as the ironic blessing um, over them, literally thousands of times, you know, when they were young. Uh, and even as they got older, but, um, you know, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. So by praying for our infant children and then our toddlers and, and our kids as they get older, praying for them every day. I mean, in my case, you know, I laid my hand on their head and would pray for them. My wife would, you know, often join me, of course, in those prayers if we were together. Or I would just pray for them if it was just me and, and one of them or more of them. But but praying for your kids right out of the chute, you know, so to speak, um, and and daily that God will will protect them and, and shape them and, and work in them. I mean, this is just one of many things that that we can teach young parents to be thinking about, to be considering, um, be, be, because those first five years especially are so critical. Um, I, you know, I know for my wife and I, you know, um, we often talk to our kids, let's say between the ages of two and five, about their friend Jesus and talk to them about Jesus as their Savior. And, and so at a very, very early, early age, son, um, they, they came to know Jesus as a, as a very comforting, loving Savior and Lord. Um, but it's something that was, was discussed often and, 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 um, and really, you know, we, we would seek out teachable moments, you know, to do that. So, I mean, there's, you know, there, there's not a whole lot that we can do about those years once they're gone. Um, you know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, uh, you know, he will not depart from it. Um, you know, as far as the parent who has a child who has strayed, you know, the the goal there, of course, is not to to beat yourself up, or, but, but rather to just keep praying, keep believing, keep trusting. Um, but because we can't go back and, and, and do things over with our kids, I think we we just need to stress to young parents. I mean, you only get their first five years once. And no matter how strong your career goals may be, no matter how, you know, pressing other things may be, these young hearts are going to be shaped greatly um, for their life, really, by what happens in those in those in those first five years and then and then beyond that. The first five, I think, are the most critical. Um, and then everybody talks about the teenage years, of course, which are very very important. Um, you know, and I know you'll hear some parents say, or you know, you know, people will say, son, well, you know, you know, all kids go through a period of rebellion. Well, you know, that may be so for many cases. Now, um, I know for our kids that didn't happen, um, not because, you know, they're perfect kids, but it, it just never, it was never something they wanted to do. You know, they, they didn't want to rebel. I mean, they, they, they didn't see any benefit in it. Um, and they didn't feel oppressed by their parents or by their Lord or by, you know, uh, Christian instruction. Um, they, they, um, they, they kind of stepped into it. You know, they, they, um, uh, they, they, they lived it, um, as a, as a dynamic reality that, that it's possible that kids can, um, you know, can do that. I mean, you know, people will say, well, when your kids are teenagers, they don't ever, they won't ever want to do anything with you. Well, we never experienced that in our home. I mean, you know, we've done things with our kids, and as and they, of course, we've developed friends, and we go out and do things with them. And but we never experienced a time where they didn't want to do things as a family. But but part of that is because we just, I mean, we we had so much fun with them, not only when they were in those first five years, but uh, but then you know every year since. Um, you know, at one point our, our kids were five, four, two, and newborn. So 
you know, we talk about how, you know, boy, that was a challenge at that point um, when they were all that young. But um, there's never been a time when we haven't greatly enjoyed being with them and, and thankfully them with us and them with one another. But, um, you know, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, if that's not the case in somebody's family, that somehow they did something wrong. It's just simply to hold up uh, something and say, you know, this can happen. Um, we, we don't have to experience what many in the world experience where, where kids, you know, maybe hate their parents or want to rebel or this or that. But it takes, it takes many, many hours of focus, um, intentional, uh, Christian love, modeling, mentoring, um, apologizing wherever you, you've blown it, you know, as a parent, um, having kids apologize to one another, wherever, wherever they've blown it to one another, to their parents. So confession and forgiveness with one another is huge. Talking things out is huge. Um, you know, uh, we're all sinners. So there's still going to be, you know, plenty of bumps in the road. But I mean, I'm just saying, son, um, you know, there is, there can be a great experience for a family with kids. I don't care what the world says about it or, or, or uh, I think what happens is if, if our hearts aren't in it, though, if our hearts aren't in it, and if we find that we don't enjoy spending time with our, our young children and then our children when they're five to 10 and then our children when they're teenagers, if we don't enjoy it, they're going to know that, you know? And so it ultimately comes back to a hard issue for the parent. I mean, you know, God enjoys every moment he has with us, but do we enjoy the time we have with him? I hope, I hope we do. Uh, but, but this can happen in the family. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, marriage is very tough, but, but, but couples can work hard to enjoy the time they have, you know, with one another and guard that so that it doesn't get robbed. They don't get robbed. It doesn't get stolen from them. Um, you know, and, uh, so yeah, all these things take work. They take focus. Um, the, the devil comes to try to heap condemnation upon a parent or a spouse. If something has gone astray, or if there's been like a divorce, like you said, divorce happens a lot, or, or if there's been something where a child has just completely rebelled against God and family and everybody, um, you know, the devil comes to keep condemnation upon people. And God comes and says, hey, wait a minute, you know, let, let's, let, 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 let's try to, um, you know, bring something good out of this. Uh, even though right now it may not be a good situation or a good relationship, um, let, let's look for a hopeful, positive, loving future. You know, because God offers that to everybody, no matter how far they've strayed. And, and so certainly we can offer that to our, to our spouse. We can offer that to our kids. Our kids can offer that to their parents. Um, and, uh, but, but it does take, it does take a lot of, a lot of prayer um, and a lot of um, just focused, intentional um, looking to the Lord for help. And he will help us some because he knows how flawed we are. We all are. He knows how much we'll mess it up if, we, if we're left to our own devices. You know, so, um, yeah, those, those are just a few, a few thoughts, I guess, off the top of my head as I think back to just these uh, now going on 30 years, you know, as, as, as parents of, of now four kids who are all in their 20s. You know, Dan, you mentioned earlier these, uh, these breathable spaces where you still have boundaries, but you allow them to breathe. They're not choking them with the rules and regulations. And one of the things that come to mind is, you know, when, when kids, obviously when they're infants and then toddlers you know there's a lot of boundaries a lot more boundaries because you've got safety issues and things like that and then maybe as they get older the boundaries become less restrictive as far as the point of becoming like a no because one of the first things kids seem to learn how to when they speak is no you know no 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 because right. i hear it all the time 
And then, right, it's, right. It's, then it's the argument over data versus mama. But, you know, no seems to be one. But then as you go through, you know, the, the rules will kind of change for the reasonable parent. Mm-hmm. But then when they get to kind of that college age, once you get 18, there seems to be a, a mentality out there. Because I, you know, taught college for a long time that the parents would just be like, okay, you're done. I'm done with you. Uh, you're yeah. on your own. You got to, you know, go yeah. out and find your thing. But those years are the most important as far as a person goes and who they're going to become, in my opinion, because they right. are inundated with a lot of things that yeah. can really make them go astray. So I think that one of the things when you talk about these breathing spiritual places and these, yeah. these breathable yeah. spaces for the child to grow, I think that yeah. parents, you know, still need to have those boundaries there because otherwise you start yeah. to get, I mean, I know a lot of people that went off to these, you know, liberal colleges and came back and they were completely transformed yeah. to the, what I would call the negative. You know, they, I went to a, a private right. Christian school growing up and these uh, fellow students of mine who, you know, would confess to be, you know, Christians, Bible Christians, Bible believing Christians, right. you know, they'd come right. back and, and they now would have a, a gay partner. They would now have, yeah. uh, you know, all these beliefs and thoughts that were anti-biblical. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they just kind of went off on their own and that space became wide open spaces without anything. And we kind of lost yeah. the kids or we force them off to work and we force them into yeah. the job. But the point being is that there still needs to be that guidance there when, as a parent, when they get older, because oftentimes we think as a, as they're yeah. growing up and kids, we, they need our attention and they need our focus and we need to be those right. parents. But we also still need to be parents as they enter into adulthood, because again, that's another point where they, they become so impressionable that yeah. those college years can make or break somebody. And then that cycle could either repeat as a parent that is raising up good Christian children or a parent that now is losing their kids or our grandkids, so to speak, to the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes on all the time, son, doesn't it? You know, and, um, you know, God is, is so good, so good to us. And, and he has been with his people, you know, all the way from, uh, back in the earliest times. And, you know, I think about in, uh, Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter six, what the Lord said to his people, I love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I give you that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Um, now, so we're talking there to our kids about God's commands. Uh, there's a great saying, Son, and that is that rules without relationships lead to rebellion. Rules without relationships lead to rebellion. So if all our kids get from their parents are do this, don't do that, rules, 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 there's no relationship. There's no loving relationship. There's never any, you know, uh, real joy in the relationship. Um, human nature will tend to rebel. It's like, you know, why, why would I want to do that? It doesn't bring me joy. You know, and so part of what, you know, we as Christian parents want our kids to come to understand is that, that everything we do can be motivated by, the, by God's love for us. You know, we love because he first loved us. This is why it's, I believe it's so critical when children are between the ages of two and five to teach them what it means that Jesus is your savior and your friend and, and you can talk to him and, and whether it's the, whether it's the, the fear because of a, of a lightning storm, you know, when they're three or whether it's, um, you know, falling down and, and getting hurt a, a little bit or whether it is just going to the zoo uh, or, or going on a trip. Um, you know, we, we, we would take our kids every year on a, on a, a vacation, uh, 
generally to Florida. I mean, we probably went there 20 times with the kids. But, but you know, it was a great getaway from just, you know, everybody would work hard all year. I mean, our kids, you know, they, they, they started, you know, working uh, in their, you know, mid-teens, you know, 14, 15. And, you know, been working ever since, you know. And, and um, you know, many of them, you know, started working, you know, 30, 40. Well, no, when they were in school, it was, you know, not, not that many hours, uh, maybe – you know, maybe 20 a week or something, but, um, but you know, we, we, we had them pay for their, you know, if they're going to get a cell phone, they pay for that. If, uh, you know, uh, if they're going to own a car, you know, um, they're, they're going to, you know, have the payments for that. I mean, because it teaches them responsibility, but, but within those things, there are all sorts of teachable moments, things to pray about. I mean, every day you can find dozens of things, you know, to pray about, um, to pray for your family. And, and so, just modeling for our children, you know, not only God's rules and God's laws and, and why, you know, certain things God says are off limits, but, but also, um, you know, just really, um, really teaching your, your kids w- what a blessing it is to have, you know, the Lord's protection, um, teaching them right from wrong, um, teaching them why certain things in the culture are not, you know, God, God's design for us. And, and so, I mean, I don't know. We just found fun for our, for us. And while our kids all had friends, you know, growing up, um, I, I don't think we ever had, by God's grace, an experience where any one of them was ever negatively influenced by a, a friend in, in, in to go in a direction that would be harmful to them or displeasing to the Lord. Now, I mean, of course, you know, somebody could say, "Well, boy, you're very naive, Dan." I mean, if, if you only knew. Well, I have a feeling we, we probably would know because. You know, it would have shown up in their attitude. It would have shown up in, in. I mean, they would have lost a lot of the joy of the Lord and and the joy of hanging out with their family still, as they also hang out with their friends. Um, and so I don't know. It's just been it's been really exciting for us to see how um, it can happen in a very balanced way, where 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 they can maintain wonderful relationships with other friends. I mean, you know our. Uh, uh, our one daughter uh, was married in um, 2016. Our other daughter is getting married later this year. Um, and, and our boys, uh, you know, have not reached that point yet. Uh, but, but I mean, every family is different. Every child's different. Um, you know, you, you, you just, you just pray for your kids. You, you, um, you really, you know, here's the other thing, son, you know, what, one of the, one of the tips that I put in that article was, you know, to get together with other Christians at least weekly. You know, um, when I see a family that makes the decision to be involved, let's say, in a sports league where they're going to have all these out-of-town things and this and that, and, and they miss worship on Sunday, what you're modeling for your kids is that that's, that's the most important thing, that that's the most important thing, that, that that sports league, that baseball team or that basketball team or that hockey team or that soccer team and that tournament um, – um, that's more important than the Sabbath day, you know, which I know you can argue every day is the Sabbath, but, uh, I mean, history shows us and Christian experience shows us that, that, um, you know, uh, if you go, uh, you know, seven days without prayer or seven days without meeting with other Christians, it makes one week, you know, it makes, it makes you weak. It makes you W E A K. It makes you very weak. But, um, so it's very important that uh, that, that uh, folks worship together. Now, in my in my case, in our case, I'm a pastor, so but, but I don't think our kids ever felt oppressed by that. That well, you know, he's a, you know he's we're going to church because he's the pastor. Well, no, that's not why we go why, why we worship together. Um, we worship together because that's what God calls us to do. He says, 
let's not forsake meeting together. And we need that. I mean, you know, the analogy I like to give son is, you know, could a, could a 14 year old survive out on the street, um, all alone, you know, well, you say, well, yeah, hypothetically, yes, not, not, not very likely, you know, that let's say a female, 14 year old female, oh, she'll probably get swept up into something bad, like, you know, prostitution or, you know, she'll be kidnapped or who knows. I mean, it probably won't happen, but she could potentially. Now, what would be better, that or her being in a healthy, loving, um, spiritual home? Well, there's no question, in the home. So the same is true with Christians. You know, where is a Christian going to thrive? Um, by doing their own thing? By making sports or other things, number one? Um, uh, by, by making, you know, your weekend and your week all about that? Or by having the priority of being connected to um, a group of other Christ followers who can help you and you can help them. And you're saying to the Lord, you know, hey, we may not get a lot done this week, but we're going to make sure that we get together with our church family. See, when people make that a priority, son, it has huge implications in the life of that child and then teenager and then young adult. Um, and, and I just fear for these families when I see, you know, families that make the decision, well, you know, the, the, the sports team wants, um, you know, they, they, they need us, you know, on these weekends. Um, I fear for what, for what may happen in that child's life later in life. Not necessarily, but, but very possibly because the tone is being set and, and, and the tone in that situation is sports comes first. My sports team comes first. And, 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 and if they're going to have, you know, all these weekend league things, then no, some families have been creative and, and they've been like, okay. You know, we're going to do that, but then we're going to find a church where we can meet on, you know, Monday nights or some other time. You know, we're going to make sure our kids get to church at least once a week, not to get a check in the box. No, 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 not to get a check in the box, but, but, but to grow, to be fed, to serve the Lord, and to stay in that flow of the Holy Spirit, which you get out of. I don't care who you are, a young Christian, baby Christian, a mature Christian, I don't care who you are. If you get out of that flow of weekly worship, it's going to have a huge impact. It, it just does. Uh, I don't care who you are. Um, so, uh, so yeah, these are things that, that come into play and, um, and God will help us. You know, God will help us if we, if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you know, not our hobbies, not athletics, not, uh, our, our college plans, you know, um, not our career plans, not our retirement plan. Seek the Lord first. You do that in your family. And you teach your kids that from a very early age, and you pray over them, and, and, and teach them that God loves them, and Jesus loves them, and take them to church, and hang out together, and have fun together, and do all these things. Pray, read, read the Bible, do all these things. Um, it can turn out very, very good. And, and this is what the Bible, and this is what Christian experience shows us on um, throughout history. It can turn out very good. Yeah, because a lot of times life's about influences. Who's influencing us? What's our social circles like? You know, how are we being convinced? I talked about, you know, students that would go off to, let's say, Berkeley and some of these liberal colleges, and the influences upon them are of such that takes them away from these biblical principles that they were learning. So when you're meeting together with other Christians, you know, you're starting to get that positive influence. You're starting to get that yeah. that like-minded influence, and parents can start sharing like-minded ideas and learn, you know, knowing right. that opinions that are being shared, even though maybe different opinions, are coming from a biblical place or a good place, you know, and, and things yeah. that another parent might have thought of you hadn't. And the kids, when they're out there playing and they're running around doing their thing, you know, it's a positive influence, yeah. and they're not going to be involved in, and consumed in all this other stuff because that's the, that's the biggest thing I think that 
children, the peer pressure, you know, children fall under is, is that peer pressure of wanting to go along with everybody else. And, and if everybody's kind of on the like-minded track of, you know, raising the kids up to love Jesus and you're meeting with those people, whether it be at a church, whether it be, you know, at a, at a group meeting, like a home group meeting, whether it be just to get together on a Saturday morning to watch a football game and the kids play or, you know, whatever the case may be that, that weekly meeting or that getting together, that gathering of people together, yeah. is going to be important because you're you're starting to build those bonds with other people and then hopefully as you send yeah. them out they will start to look for other friends that have similar interests and similar ideology right. and stuff like that because that's what they remember as fun. I mean, I don't know how many people yeah. uh cuz I've never done a, any, you know, surveys on it, but there's a lot of people I've heard stories raise uh when kids are growing up where they were involved yeah. in things and then they wish they hadn't got involved in it and they wish they hadn't listened to somebody, you know, talk them into something. And, yeah. and it happens in the church, you know, it happens in the church people, you know, because, you know, church going kids aren't perfect like anybody, you know, nobody's perfect. So there's going to be things. Right. But I think I'm just for me growing up, you know, when I grew, was growing up, especially in high school, I had a lot of activities in the church and the church took a lot of my my time. It was school. It was athletics. Yeah. And then it was the church. Yeah. And so a lot of my other friends, there would be school. And then maybe athletics or maybe not. And then it was, okay, I need to fill my time with something. What am I going to yeah. fill my time with? And that's when, yeah. you know, idle hands yeah. do the devil's work. And so, yeah. um, and so, you know, like you said, yeah, so that meeting together is, is, is important because it allows people to come together and to have those memories, have the fun, have all that. It's not going to be perfect, but you have all that in those meetings with people that are like-minded yeah. and that influence. Yeah is going yeah. to be more positive yeah. than you would yeah. meeting with people out in the world. Well, my goodness, I think about all the teachable moments that, that those uh, gatherings uh, present. You know, as you were sharing that, I, w- I was being reminded too, Son of Paul, for example, um, one way that we will articulate boundaries, just on one little example of, of, of life, and, and, and especially as kids get older, get into seniors, but what, what, one thing that, you know, we, we began telling our kids now and then, you know, from a very early age, is that, um, you know, we just did not ever want them to ride in a car of, of, a, of a teenage driver. And we were particularly thinking, you know, especially anybody, you know, you know under 18 or whatever, simply not, not, not because maybe that person's not a good driver. But, but um, you know, we, we made a point, I think, at times, if we would hear a story, uh, a tragic story of like, you know, two 15 year olds and a 16 year old in a car and, and somebody turned out and they got hit by somebody else. And, and, um, you know, until you have years of experience on the road, you simply don't have that experience that you need. Uh, and, and so we never wanted to have our kids ever get in a vehicle with someone, um, uh, who, who did not have those years of experience. And you know what, when, when, when time came son and, and they were at that age and maybe, you know, some kids were going here or there, they, they never balked at that. They never fought that. They said, oh, mom, we just want to write. They, because they understood the wisdom in it. They understood why it was there. They understood the protection of it. And, and, and so they never, um, you know, they, they, they never expressed um, any, any uh, you know, resentment. Or they never resisted that because they understood it. It made sense to them because we explained it. You know, sometimes you have to explain why you're having certain boundaries. Um, and, and, and so in a similar fashion, you know, if there had ever been a situation, I can't think of one, but if there had ever been a situation where maybe they were wanting to hang out with somebody that we thought would not be a good influence, then obviously, you know, we would have had that clear discussion with them. 
about why we're just not comfortable with that. And, um, and, and, and so, you know, if there was ever a situation that we needed to work through like that, you know, we did, but I don't remember it ever becoming, um, you know, conflicted largely because of the prep work that we did leading up to it. Um, 90% of which is the time you spend with your kids from infancy on the prayers that you pray with them, the fun you have with them, the time you, you know, taking them to church every week and doing things together all the time. I mean, when I say all the time, I'm talking on a regular basis. I know people will say, well, you know, as long as we have quality time together. Well, I will say this, quality time will never make up though, for the quantity of time that is needed to model and shepherd and instruct and teach. It, it, it simply won't. And, and if the quantity of time is, is especially when they're younger, but, but um, even as they get older, if the quantity of time is only invested in others, um, some of whom may not have the same worldview as, as your family, then, then no wonder uh, kids start to adopt a different worldview than how they were raised. I know in, in our case, um, we didn't raise uh, our kids to love Jesus because it was one of many ways. We raised our kids to know that Jesus loves them because he is the only way. Um, he is the only way that, that, that they're going to go to heaven. But, but we had no doubt, even from an early age, that, that, that they trusted Jesus and they loved Jesus and they sought to follow him. And, and we've never seen one of them resist that. Now, again, I'm not trying to paint them as some perfect angels or anything like that. All I'm saying, son, is a lot of the lies that you hear in the world uh, about, you know, raising kids and when they become teenagers and this and that, they're going to rebel. Um, don't believe the lies is what I'm saying to maybe a young you know, listener today who maybe is, is going to be a parent here one of these days, don't assume that um, your kids are going to rebel when they become teens because that may be the last thing they want to do if they've been taught that, you know what, what's the point of that? Why, why, why destroy that year or those years of my life um, by doing something that's only going to, to hurt my relationship with God, with my family, with my friends? Um, and, and so what I'm saying is it, it can be done in a way that is not – uh, oppressive, just the, just the opposite of that. And, 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 it, and this is what Jesus, I believe, really, you know, had in mind, Tom, when in Matthew eleven twenty eight he invited people, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, for I will give you rest. Um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, so yes, there are boundaries. Yes, there are, are, are rules uh, that God wants us to follow. But, but his yoke is easy and his burden is light. What, what's a what's hundred times heavier is getting caught up in, in something in the world that, that Satan wants you caught up in, um, or, or getting caught up in some, you know, resentment toward your parents or toward your kids or toward your spouse, you know, getting caught up in something that Satan will use against you. That's a hundred times worse than, uh, or I should say harder. I shouldn't say worse because it's, it's not bad at all to have uh, the Lord's yoke upon you. Uh, his burden is light. Um, you know, it's going to mean saying no to things that the world doesn't say no to. Um, but, but it can be done and, and it can be done in a way where your kids, you know, uh, experience, um, you know, so much joy in it. And, and, and you start to see, you start to see how spiritually perceptive, you know, they, they, they become, uh, I mean, I'll just give you one of hundreds of examples I could give you, but like once in a while, you know, you know, maybe one of my kids will, um, you know, will, will call or they'll say, you know, dad, I think I'm kind of coming under attack. And they've heard us talk that way for, you know, going on 30 years where, you know, maybe just out of the blue, you, you just feel like this oppressive, um, something weird is going on in kind of the spiritual realm and in the, in the emotional realm, or maybe maybe at night when you were sleeping or whatever, but, but, 
you know, from time to time, not all that often, but from time to time, maybe, uh, you know, someone say, God, I'm coming under attack. Will you pray for me? Yeah, I mean, that happened not too long ago with, with uh, one of my daughters, you know, and so we prayed and we prayed the blood of Jesus, which, which we prayed over our kids since they were infants. And, but, but sometimes you need to really call on the blood, excuse me, you need to really call on the blood of Jesus when, when you're coming under attack. And Satan does attack Christians. He hates Christians. He hates Christian kids. He hates Christian parents. Um, and, and so when I say coming under attack, your mind, your emotions, um, there are spiritual attacks that Christians experience. Um, and, and so it just felt like in this case to my daughter, I'm, and so we prayed about it and, and, uh, and it, and it helped greatly to avoid that. I felt a lot better, you know, after we prayed, but, but you, you teach your children what spiritual warfare is about when they're young. You teach your children that, that there are dark forces out there that are trying to pull them away from, from the Lord and, and, and oppress their mind. And, and, and so again, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of instruction. Uh, what I mean by that, and, and it's not necessarily sitting down and just instructing them in that sense, but, but instructing them in the car, you know, instructing them when you're at the zoo, instructing them when you're, you know, if there's something that comes on the television, um, that, that, that's not a teachable moment. And I, and I go back to Deuteronomy where the Lord said, these commandments I gave you today are to be upon your heart, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So notice there's not just talk about them in the temple. You know, talk about them when, when, when you're, you're, you're in the synagogue, you know, um, talk about them when you're sitting at home, talk about them when you're walking along the road, talk about them when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. So when Christianity becomes a 24 seven experience for a parent, um, he or she is much more, um, uh, prepared son to raise a Christian child. But, but we have to first, as parents, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to confess our sins to the Lord. We have to seek God's power in prayer. We have to ask the Lord to use us. We have to humble ourselves before the Lord, uh, because this is tough stuff. And I think you kind of started the podcast that way. It's not easy to be a spouse, a Christian spouse. It's not easy to be a, a child in a Christian home. Because you've got so many forces in the world that, that come against your worldview, your, your biblical views. Um, you, you've got spiritual forces that, that are lined up against you. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So God will give you the power. God will give you the strength. We've seen it in our family time and time again, um, as have many other Christians that I've talked to in their own homes time and time again. Uh, but if you're listening to this today, my friend, and you feel like you're under attack, um, you know, call on Jesus, call on Jesus for yourself, for your kids. Uh, and you say, well, you know, I made some mistakes as a parent, whatever. Who hasn't, okay? Um, or I made some mistakes as a teenager, whatever. I mean, who hasn't? It's not about the mistakes. It's not about the past. It's about today. It's about the future. It's about freedom. It's about power, you know, because while we can't change the past, we can do something today for our family. We can pray for them. And, and God will work. So it, it, it's an exciting time time to be alive, even with all of the things going on in the world that run contrary to God's will and God's plan. Um, you know, we just have to keep our bearings about us by God's grace, and, and, he'll, and he'll help us to do that, even in the midst of, of this day in which we live. You know, Dan, when you look at uh, some of the things we've been discussing, you talk about, you know, taking those teachable moments through everyday life, and you talk about setting the boundaries and then allowing them to have you know, breathe, breathing spaces and meeting with yeah. other people and other Christians, you know, and having that influence, yeah. Yeah. you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's having a relationship 
with your children. Yeah. And yeah. there, even though you're the parent and the, you're the authority, it's still a relationship yeah. there because at some point right. you have to have that, like you said, you, you lay down the, the law, so to speak, and then right. you still are there for them. You know, you're playing with them. You're involved in their lives. You're taking them here and there and all their practices yeah. and lessons and things and stuff. Yeah. And so when you're doing that on a daily basis, as you said, as you're in the car driving to those, you know, karate lessons or guitar lessons or whatever right. you're doing, right. the ball practices, you can be talking and sharing and teaching when you, as they, you know, as they get older and they're, you know, in middle school, for example, and, and you're driving, yeah. maybe you're starting to talk about, you know, they're excited about learning to drive. So you start sharing driving experiences with them and then as they right. get into high school, your experiences that you might have had in high school and as they get off to college. So, it, you know, it's, it's a relationship that you need to have and invest in your yeah. kids because then as they get older and they become adults, it's less authoritarian and more yeah. relational in your relationship yeah. with your kids because you've had that relationship there and there's that, you know, that love, that bond that goes beyond that authoritarian that is called a parent. And I think one yeah. of the things, too, that, you know, I find interesting over the years is uh, you have young people that will have, or anybody for that matter, but it's typically with young people, you'll have a, a child, an infant, and as it goes to the infant stage, obviously it's it's a demanding thing to have. But then it gets into the fun toddler stage, and so you're playing there, you're going for the walks, you're doing all the fun stuff. Right. But then there's right. there, there tends to be a little bit of a disconnect sometimes as they get into the elementary school days. It's like, okay, go off and play. I got stuff to do. Right. And we kind of right. we kind of get that disconnect, and and it's universal. It's not a it's not a criticism. It just seems to be a universal observation. Yeah in parents is that at some point we just want to send them off outside to go play or other things. Yeah. And we lose yeah. that, that connection that we had with them when they were infants and yeah. toddlers, when they depended on us solely, it's almost yeah. like, you know, Hey, my kid can now on a Saturday morning, get up and get dressed and make its own breakfast. I don't have to get up to do that. That right. can be refreshing right. as a parent, but you're also starting to lose something there. And I think that's one well, of the, you, yes, the warnings. You, yes, you are. No, I was just gonna say that's one yeah, of the warnings that we have time. to we have to be concerned with is that we don't lose that that bond that relationship that we had and we start yeah. building as you were talking about when they were babies yeah. and infants and then we start to lose yeah. that as they yeah. get older into elementary and so on. Amen. And well, you know, son, and I tell you a way in which it's it's somewhat easier for someone like me who's a pastor to relate to all of the, the, the everything that you just said so beautifully. It's somewhat easy for me to relate to that because I know as a pastor of thirty years that that God's sheep need to be fed, whether they're new Christians, whether they're growing Christians, whether they've been growing for years and are mature in their faith. Um, but the, the minute you stop growing, the minute you stop feeding on the Word of God, you're going to become stagnant in your faith. And, and so what I heard you saying, in other words, is basically the same thing can happen in your parenting. I mean, if there's kind of a, a certain number of years between, let's say, 0 and 18, where you kind of disengage for a while, well, that would be no different than, let's say, a pastor disengaging from someone who's at a certain spiritual level where they're like, well, you know, I'm really not going to gonna feed or instruct or, or do much for their spiritual well-being here over the next number of months or years. I mean, it would be the same thing. It doesn't work. Um, zero to 18, let's say, um, I mean, zero to five is, is the most critical, I believe. Uh, but zero to 18, there are thousands of opportunities uh, to model, mentor, instruct, teach, love, uh, forgive. Um, confess, you know, all these things. And so you said it very well, Son. I, I, you know, um, sometimes it's just shedding the world's 
um, way of, of, of parenting, the world's way of, uh, or maybe something the media is portraying about parenting. Um, you know, if it, I love the word you used on it. It is about the relationship. And if we'll just maintain that relationship, like you said, I mean, parents always, you know, when, when the kids are in the home and growing up, I mean, parents, of course, are always the authority. But, but look at Jesus. I mean, who had more authority over people than Jesus over his disciples? And yet, who was more approachable, Son? Who was easier to talk to? Who was more fun, I'm sure, to be with and hang around? And, and, and why would these guys go out, many of them, and give their lives for their Messiah, um, you know, be, be willing to die, as, as some of them did? Um, why would they do that um, unless um, what he had modeled for them, taught them, given to them, loved into them? Why would they do that unless they hadn't, uh, you know, unless they'd been changed by his love? And they had been. So, so this is what it's about. Our kids can be transformed by our love when our love is coming from God. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, an unbelieving parent doesn't love their kids or can't have a lot of the same effect in, in a natural way. Yes. But, but I'm, we're talking about, you know, Christian parenting. Um, you, you won't get the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit apart from Christian parenting. You won't get the power of God uh, like you're going to have as a Christian parent, as, as an individual who has the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So, so we have a unique opportunity. Um, we have a unique power source. Um, we have the one way of salvation, which is through faith in Jesus Christ alone and his shed blood on the cross for our sins. We have all of this time going for it. It's just a matter of us saying no to ungodliness and worldly passions. That's what the Bible says God's grace teaches us to do. And then staying under the waterfall of God's um, living water, staying filled up every day. You know, the Bible says do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So, you know, today, maybe more than ever, Son, um, parenting, you know, uh, for of, of children in a Christian family, it requires being Spirit-filled. It requires being yielded to the Holy Spirit. It requires being empowered by the Holy Spirit. It requires parents saying no to things in their life that will diminish the Spirit's influence and thereby diminish their effectiveness as parents. Um, you know, it's not easy to be a Christian parent, but there's no more joy in all the world than, than you know, it's been said, and maybe James Dobson said, you know, the only thing we can take with us uh, to heaven are our kids. Well, my wife and I saw that. But we saw that already, son, by the time they were five years old, between two and five, when we talked to them over and over again about Jesus, their Savior, Jesus, their friend, we would pray with them. Um, you know, they, you know they, they would be staying maybe at the age of two already. You say, well, well why are we going to go to heaven when we die? Well, because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I mean, they'd be saying this by like two or three because they heard it from us over and over again um, of God's love for us. Um, and, and, and that was just one of, you know, hundreds of things we would talk to them about um, re regarding our, our Christian faith in the Lord. But it, it can be modeled. It can be mentored. It can be practiced. But it, it's going to have to be over and over again. And, and I tell you, show me any athlete who has succeeded without persistent, ongoing training. Show me anyone in a successful career who's gotten good at what they do without without you know, very diligent, focused work. I mean, the same is true with parenting. You can't just slide into this. You can't just haphazardly think, oh, well, you know, we're going to crank out some good Christian kids. No, it's going to be God's work in their life, but he will use you if you make that the priority over your hobbies, over your retirement fund, over your career, over everything else. 
Um, it has to be number one in your home. And if it isn't, um, then the effect will be less. But if it is, um, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to pay dividends that the world could never even begin to give you. I don't care how high you go up the corporate ladder. I don't care how big your bank account gets. I don't care how many awards you get. Um, there is nothing more rewarding than leading your children to love Jesus. Nothing, nothing. And, and so uh, my encouragement, son, to young parents especially, pray with them from an early age, seize those teachable moments, confess your sins to one another, um, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, you're worshiping with other Christians at least, you know, once a week, um, you know, articulate boundaries, but allow your kids room to breathe. Don't be oppressive. Don't be dictatorial. Don't be heavy handed, but model 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 teach 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 love 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 hang out together and, and if you don't have an opportunity to go on a vacation at least once a year then then, then then do something every week where you've got you know time where you're going out somewhere you're doing something with your kids this can work son but we've got to invest our lives in it it's the only way it's the only way to parent kids i believe um to know the fullness of the lord and and to then you know go out into the world and, and live for him and as he leads them and enjoy it Enjoy the ride. Amen. It goes and quick. enjoy it. Thank enjoy you. The ride. Yes. Yes. Enjoy the ride. Amen. The good, the bad, the ups and downs because it goes quick and That's it's right. over soon. And, and there will be. Yeah. yeah there'll but, be ups and downs. But we gotta we gotta enjoy yeah. it. And and uh and I think these things that you know you talked about today, you know, uh pretty much sum it up. And again, if people are still kind of confused or not sure or whatever the case may be, the one thing you can always pull out, the one weapon that you can always have is prayer. You know, prayer was the top of the list. Just pray. And if you don't know, yeah. just pray. If you need help, just yeah. pray. Amongst all the other That's things, right. you always have prayer right there at your disposal. Well, amen, Tom. Well, what's the Bible say? You know, you have not because you ask not. So, yes, it's pray. Pray about it. God will help you. He'll, he'll show you. He'll come for you. He'll, he'll, he'll use you as a Christian parent, but pray. Yeah, very, very, very good word there, son. Dan Delzell, thank you so much. We appreciate uh, your words and your thoughts on the matter and, and the fact that you're able to put this together for us so that we could discuss it because it is something, especially in this day and age with a lot of nuttiness going on in the world. I mean, we've got, you know, transgendered ideology attacking our kids. We've got, you know, Dr. Seuss being canceled. We've got, you know, all this stuff that makes it difficult for a parent. I mean, imagine a parent out there now thinking, I've got books of Dr. Seuss in the little nursery. Do I need to get rid of them? Do yeah. I need to keep them? You know, I mean, there's all these things that the yeah. world is. But when you take a look at these issues through a biblical perspective, it makes sense. And you start to yeah. throw away all that noise and you start to focus on what it is to truly be a parent. And that the only thing that matters is that you raise a child up to love Jesus first and foremost. Well, absolutely, son. And if I may, I'd love to offer a, a quick prayer for everyone listening, either who's a parent or maybe a future parent just for, for their kids or their future kids, if, if I may, for just a moment. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome time you've given son and I today. Now, Lord, we pray for each one of our children that you will fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit this day. Fill them with a deeper love for you, Lord. Guard their minds. Guide their decisions. Give them great joy in the Lord. Lord, give them strength in the midst of any trials and, and adversity. Whatever they're going through, Lord, use them in your kingdom. Uh, and then, Lord, we pray for every listener, every listener who's a parent, Lord. Bring your peace and comfort to every parent. Uh, give guidance and instruction, especially if, if uh, kids are still at home or maybe young kids at home. Lord, give every parent listening today your uh, godly wisdom and, and endurance and strength. And Lord, assure them that, that you know, hey, we're all going to fall short. 
and, and you're not looking at it where they may fall in short order, but you're looking at all that can happen going forward. So give them that, that vision right now. Give them power. And we pray for those future parents, Lord, that this will be used, our words today, and your power mainly in their lives will be used to equip them to become the parents you're calling them to be so that their kids, Lord, can grow up and have great joy in the Lord, and that the joy of the Lord will be their strength, and that they'll be able to, Lord, take their kids to heaven, because I believe you really can. Um, if you teach them between two and five that Jesus loves them over and over again, Lord, there's no doubt in my mind that we can take our kids to heaven, and our kids have never even thought about wanting to turn away from what they were taught in those early years, and we're so grateful, Lord, that's only your grace in their lives. But help every listener now, and every future parent, Lord, to just um, dig in and go for it as a parent and, and to see that it's number one over any career goal, any monetary goal, um, any financial income for the family, um, any level of income, Lord, nothing compares to this. And, and so help every listener, Lord, give them your power and your vision in Jesus' name. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness and uh, what Christ did on the cross for us. Without that, Lord, we would all be lost. But we're so grateful, Jesus, that you love us and that you've mentored us in the word and, and, and by your love, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dan Dozell, pastor at uh, Rede- uh, well, yeah, Redeemer Church in Papillion, Nebraska. And uh, you can find you on Facebook, right? If they want to, you know, check out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So they just, they could yeah, they could just search for a Redeemer and Papillion, and we'd be it pull right up here in Facebook. And uh, yep, and they could uh, watch some messages that that we've got on there. Yeah, absolutely. Fine. And then if they wanted to reach out to you uh, more directly, maybe some questions or or something, how can they sure, do that? Sure, they could uh, just email me at Dan Delzell, D A N D E L Z E L L at Cox dot net. And I'd be more than happy to uh, to receive any questions, thoughts, and, and assist in any way I can. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks, or just uh, uh, go there and you can DM me and send me a message. If you don't have uh, Instagram, you can send me an email to uh, son Edom, S-O-N-N-E-I-D-E-M, at uh, gmail.com, and uh, I'll get the email as well. So, Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate your time and uh, your words and for sharing with us the the topic of raising children who loves Jesus. And we look forward to uh, many more conversations in the weeks ahead. Oh, I do as well. Thank you so much. I look forward to next time. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.